Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you. Good morning, Salem, and welcome to worship. We'd like to invite you to stand at this time as we begin our worship experience. Our scripture for this morning comes out of the Psalms, chapter 34, verses 1 through 8, and it reads as follows. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to bless your name. We ought to bless your name at all times. Your praises shall continually be in our mouth. Thank you so much for another opportunity to do what we were created to do, and that is worship and lift up your most holy and majestic name. So, Lord, this morning we offer this worship service to you. We give our all to you. We praise you and we lift you up over and over again. Bless this worship service and bless us, and we ask that you would continue to lead us and guide us. And we pray all these things in the matchless and most blessed name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and praise the Lord. Come on, can we give the Lord a praise in the sanctuary? Come on, let everything that has breath. Come on, y'all, let's praise you, the Lord, for the Lord is good and his mercy does endureth forever. Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Come on, how many know that we serve an awesome God? He's an amazing king and there is none greater than him. Come on, has the Lord done anything for anybody in the building that you have something to be thankful for? Well, can you get that one thing on your mind and just give God praise for the Lord's goodness in this sanctuary? Come on, let's give him praise in this place. For the Lord is a provider, he is a healer. The Lord we serve is a deliverer. Can we clap our hands, all ye people, and let us shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Come on, we are grateful to be alive this morning, for we will bless the Lord at all times. Does anybody have a praise in your mouth and his praises? shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Don't stop praising. Come on and oh magnify the Lord with me 
and let us exalt his name together. Come on, we can cry out to the Lord and he will hear us. The Lord will answer our prayers. Come on, we serve a God that reigns with all power in his hands. Come on and give him glory this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, he is the reigning king. He is the savior of the world. He is the lifter of our bowed down heads. Come on and glorify the Savior. Hallelujah. We give him praise.
Praise the Lord. Our God reigns. Amen. And as I always say, what an honor it is to be able to go before this God who reigns in prayer. Family, it's prayer time. The Bible exhorts us to pray without ceasing. And so what a privilege and honor it is for us to have intimacy with our God, our Creator, our Lord and our Savior. To speak to him directly, for him to hear us and speak back. Amen. So, family, as we prepare our hearts and our minds for prayer, let us remember those serving at the federal, state, and local levels. We also want to remember those serving in our military. We want to remember those hospitalized Sister Gloria Brody, Sister Rebecca Miller, Sister Mary Frances Moores. Brother John Neal. We want to also remember those who solicited our prayers. Infant Elijah Smith, Sister Marcia Fleming Kelly, Sister Sabrina McKinney, Sister Glenda Newell, Sister Rashawn Scrogans, Sister Carrie Twyman, Brother Michael Hurd Jr., Brother Al Meeks, Brother Lawrence Wallington, and my father, Reverend Slim Whitaker. We also want to keep in our hearts, our minds, and in our prayers, those who lost members of their families. Sister Betty Scott and the loss of her cousin, Kenny Long. Brothers Victor and Douglas Russell and sister Carolyn Kirksey and the loss of her mother, sister, Anise Russell. Celebration of life services will be held at 9 a.m. from Salem on November 25th. Sister Karen Jackson McGobe in the loss of her mother Margie V. Johnson. Memorial services will be held on November 27th at 11 a.m. here from Salem. Brother James and Sister Donette Danner in the loss of his brother Terrell Danner. Sister Carol Jean Prince in the loss of her cousin James McDaniel. Sisters Regina Williams, B and Doris Morrow, and Brother Sherman Morrow, and the loss of their nephew, Daryl Henry. Family, let's go before the Lord now together in prayer. Abba Father, eternal Lord our God, we praise you. We honor you. We bow down before you, Lord, because we need you. Every second, every hour, every minute of every day, we need you, Lord. Lord, we realize that we're nothing without you. Realize that we have no worth without you. Realize that we are dead in our sins. But Lord, we also realize that you loved us so much that you offered us eternal life in your son, Jesus Christ. You loved us so much that you sent your one and only son to die on the cross for our sin. You loved us so much that even though we weren't righteous, you imputed Christ's righteousness to us, and now it is our own. You loved us so much that you've indwelt in us your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and to convict us and to give us strength and power to make it through our day. To make it through this cold and dark world, Lord, we have victory in you all because you loved us so much. So, Lord, we worship you. We thank you. We praise you. We have joy simply because of who you are. We have joy because you are our light and our salvation, our strength, our refuge. 
our high priest, our God, our creator. Lord, we can never understand why you love us so much. But we thank you so much simply because of who you are. The fact that you spoke the world into existence. The fact that you know no beginning and no ending. The fact that you can't be contained by time nor space. But Lord, we thank you so much that you loved us, that you stepped into time and space. That you acquired lungs and human skin and a mouth to eat. You were made to be hungry and thirsty and grow old and experience the human life, albeit perfectly, just so that you can die in our place. And for that vicarious sacrifice, Lord, we are so, so very thankful. We are so very thankful of how much you loved us each and every day of our lives. Lord, let that resonate in us every day every minute, every hour of every day, knowing that we need you. But Lord, because we need you and you loved us, that you gave yourself to us. And so Lord, we thank you that you are by our side. The psalmist says, if I make my bed in Hades, you are still there with me. Lord, we thank you so much that no matter what, you are by our side, that through faith in Christ Jesus, that you are our comforter, our strength, our protection, our joy, our peace, Lord, and our salvation. And so we thank you today, Lord. We praise you today, Lord. We get excited about being in your presence. Lord, there's only one thing that we ask, and we ask that we will just be in your presence for all of eternity, that we'll be in your house and be able to look upon your beauty and experience your joy. Thank you for the salvation that's in you. Thank you for the freedom of all the problems that we have right now, maybe not in this lifetime, but in the life to come where we spend eternity with you, along with the angelic host singing, holy, holy, holy. Lord, we pray that you would bless us, that no matter what we go through, everyone on the prayer list, both those spoken prayer requests and unspoken, Lord, that you would have your way. That as a sovereign Lord, we come to you as the great physician, ask that you would touch all of those in need. And you specialize in that. And so we thank you, Lord, for that specialization. We ask that you provide peace, comfort, and strength. We ask that you continue to provide a joy that only comes from you that is totally separated from our circumstances, but just comes from what you have put inside us. So thank you, Lord, as we were working out our salvation with fear and trembling, understanding that we're just working out what you've already worked in. And so we thank you for all that you've done with us. Equip us, Lord as we are rooted and established in you to love on one another, to be there for one another, to call and strengthen one another, to be there for our neighbors and our friends and our church family. Lord, equip us to care for those, especially as we enter in this holiday season. We pray for all those who've lost families, those who are struggling with things, those who can't celebrate the holidays like everyone else. Lord, we ask that you would have your presence and be with them. And we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we want to lift up our children today as they're going to sing. Lord, we thank you so much for the voices of our young children lifting up your most holy and majestic name. What a beautiful sound it is to hear children lift you up and praise your name. Lord, we thank you for a vision from our pastor to raise the next generation, the vision from our pastor to raise up our children, children that have thoughts and minds after you, children who have hearts after you. So, Lord, we thank you for that this morning. 
And Lord, after that, as we encounter the preaching moment, we ask that you prepare our hearts to hear just from you. We thank you so much for our pastor. We thank you so much for the word that you have prepared for us today. So prepare our hearts to hear directly from you. Lord, we lift our worship service up to you. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And we pray all these things in the matchless and most blessed name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Salem News. 2023 is the year of renewal. It's our prayer that you have a meaningful encounter with God today, because here at Salem, we do believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Here are a few highlights. In observance of the Thanksgiving holiday, the church administrative offices will be closed Wednesday, November 22nd through Saturday, November 25th. We sure wish you a Thanksgiving of love and joy as you gather with your family and friends. Salem family, invite a friend and come get strengthened in the Word of God during corporate prayer on Wednesday, November 29th via Zoom. We'll email those who signed up via constant contact. The Zoom link will be emailed to you the Monday before corporate prayer. Please reach out to the church office to add your email address to the constant contact email list today. Performing Arts presents Joyful Noise, a Gospel Christmas on December 2nd and 3rd. It just gets better and better top it, and it is just really a sight to see. Celebrating 10 years of sharing holiday music and gospel classes. Experience the uh, energy, the emotion. Joyful Noise brings all of those elements. This year, join us at Steelhouse Omaha. Get your tickets now at TicketOmaha.com. Tickets are on sale now for Joyful Noise Gospel Christmas. This year's theme is the 10th episode. Join us as we walk through a decade highlighted in praise and celebration of our Savior. Also note, the show is moving to the brand new Steelhouse Omaha. Get your seats early. You do not want to miss the exciting plans being made as we commemorate 10 years of this annual Christmas tradition. Joyful Noise returns on Saturday, December 2nd at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday, December 3rd at 4 p.m. Online tickets are exclusively available from TicketOmaha.com and no other websites. You can also purchase in person from the Ticket Omaha box office. That's at 12th and Douglas Street. Or you can call Ticket Omaha at 402-345-0606 to reserve your seats today. The Steelhouse will have assigned ticketed seating for both performances. Well, here at Salem, we have many exciting opportunities and events, and we want everyone to get connected and to get involved. To stay up to date with all church opportunities, visit our website, salembc.org. Also, like us on Facebook, Salem Baptist Church Omaha, on Boxcast, or subscribe to our Salem YouTube channel. I'm Cerise Cole for Salem News. Have a great day and a blessed week. Good morning, Salem. How many glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? Amen. What a blessing and privilege it is to be able to worship the Lord. We invite you, both in the sanctuary and the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, to the Salem Baptist Church, where we are exalting the Savior, evangelizing the lost equipping the saints and expanding the kingdom of God. Amen. 
We praise God for each and every one of you who are joining us once again in the sanctuary as well as in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. We're going to ask those who are our guests on today, those who are visiting with us in worship, we're going to ask you to stand at this time. We're not going to ask you to say anything or do anything. We just want to recognize our guests, our visitors on today. Please stand if you will. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you and God keep you. We thank you for coming to worship with us here at the Salem Baptist Church. You've been a blessing to us already by your presence, and we pray that this worship experience will be a blessing to you as well. We are so grateful for uh, the World Religions class from Creighton Preparatory High School. I want y'all stand up one more time. Amen. These young men who are becoming men for others, you may be seated. I was going to ask them if they knew Miles, but I just really kind of got out of whack because Miles had his 25th birthday last week. So they were in grade school when Miles was at prep, but uh, thank God for each and every one of you and for their uh, teacher, instructor who brings them uh, each year. Again, we want to remind you of all of those opportunities for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship uh, that were presented during Salem News. Once again, 10 years we've been doing Joyful Noise, and it has been a blessing not only to our church, but to our community. And we want to make sure that you get your tickets to please, please be a part of that on December 2nd and December 3rd. If you don't feel like trying to find a parking space, you can uh, sign up for transportation as you exit worship on today. Uh, we will make sure that you get there and you get back. Amen. And as we're moving to Steelhouse, the new venue there uh, of Omaha Performing Arts, they have a clear bag policy. So... I know you want to carry your Louis and all of that stuff, but make sure you have a clear bag so that we can, so that they can see everything you're bringing in there. And it's for our safety. Maybe a little bit of an inconvenience, but it's for our safety. So please, please think about that. We are continuing as we move through our Christmas season. We are. Uh, seeking to be a blessing to those who might be less fortunate. Uh, we, are, we continue our Salem winter clothing drive through January 31st. Uh, we uh, ask you to bring rather some uh, winter clothing so that we might be a blessing to those who will need it. Amen? Amen. As well, we are asking our uh, seniors who are part of Salem to give us a call at the church office. We want to provide a Christmas basket, food basket for you. Uh, they will be disseminated on December 9th, but we need you to sign up so we know exactly how many we need. Amen. And uh, uh, um, I know I have AARP, but I am not classified as a senior for this. 65 and above. Amen. All right, so please call the church if you want to get uh, one of those senior uh, Christmas baskets. Uh, we have, as well, we're looking forward on Sunday, December 10th, we'll continue our Wade Watson preaching series. Uh, Pastor Reginald Lee Backus of the Mount Olive Baptist Church in Brooklyn, New York, will be our preacher. Amen. A wonderful preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know him well. We know we're going to be blessed by that. 
We want to make sure that you know on Tuesday, December 12th at 7 p.m., we'll be having our annual meeting. It is an opportunity for us to reflect on what God has done for us in 2023 and look forward to what the Lord is going to do in 2024 and beyond. So please be present. Mark your calendars right now. Come on, Salem. We need you to be here for our annual meeting. Amen. Uh, and uh, we want to remind you as well that on Sunday, December 17th, Sister Bacchus's birthday, we'll be having college Sunday. So wear your, uh, your gear for your favorite college, alma mater, Greek organization, uh, whatever your organization is, we are going to be a little casual that day. So it is, again, college Sunday. I know I'll see a lot of Nebraska red on that Sunday. But that's all right. So we're going to come uh, in a big way. Uh, Y'all stop laughing because, amen, it, that, you know, Nebraska football is a serious thing in Nebraska. So, uh, so again, all of those things are upcoming. Please remember them. If you have any questions, please see the website or contact uh, the church office. Amen. At 3.30 on today, I'll be preaching at the Mount Zion Baptist Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, pastor Tremaine Combs is the pastor there. It is their church anniversary, so I know it is late notice, but if possible, if possible, you could join us in Lincoln at 3.30 at the Mount Zion Baptist Church for their church anniversary. Salem, it is giving time, and it is all church tithe Sundays. Amen? It's giving time. Salem, it's all church tithe Sundays, where we're asking that each member of our congregation prayerfully consider trusting the Lord with the tithe, 10% of your God-given resources during the month of November. Also, on this Thursday, we will be celebrating Thanksgiving. So I want to speak with you from the thought, thanksgiving. Early presidents of the United States proclaimed days of thanksgiving as a national time of gratitude. It was Franklin D. Roosevelt who in 1939 settled on the third Thursday of November as the national holiday to pause to give thanks. As believers in Jesus Christ, we know that being thankful is not reserved for one day a year. Thanksgiving should be reflected in our daily lives. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. The psalmist reminds us of this in Psalm 6930, where it says this, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul suggests even our prayers should include a spirit of thanksgiving, as he says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And Paul emphasizes that thanksgiving should be evident in every facet of our lives in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18 where it says this rejoice always pray without ceasing 
in everything, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Another form of worship we are instructed to do with thanksgiving is our giving. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, the Lord gave specific instructions regarding what the giver was to say at offering time. As the tithe was offered to the Lord, they were directed to thankfully say how they had been delivered from Egyptian slavery and brought into the land of blessing and abundance. Now each of us has so much to be thankful for. Where would we be if it were not for the Lord on our side? The lyrics of an old hymn say this, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. So on today, do that as you give your offering. Do that as you give your time. Count and thank the Lord for your many blessings. Verbalize them either audibly or silently in your heart as you give on today. As you prepare to give on today, repeat these words in your heart. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and privilege to give the tithe back to you. As I give, I reflect upon the many blessings you've given me and the many times you have delivered me and ultimately how you have set me free. Amen. 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 We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. What a blessing we have on today to have our children leading us in worship. Amen. It has been three and one half years since our children have sang together, and it is a blessing and a privilege to have them lead us in worship on today. So I need you all to encourage them. I need you all to support them. Put your hands together as our children come to lead us in worship.
stand to your feet. Give the Lord a hand of praise one more time for our young people. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Young Victoria just sang her heart out. Amen. She's a testimony. Spent a few days in the hospital just a few days ago, but the Lord is good. Amen. 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 We're going to ask you to open your Bibles and turn with us to the Old Testament book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24, and I'm going to read in your hearing verses 1 through 5, and then verses 14 and 15, although we will use much of the first 18 verses on today. Joshua chapter 24, beginning of verse 1, and the word of God reads, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times. And they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land, land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also I sent Moses and Aaron plagued Egypt according to what I did among you, among them. Afterward, I brought you out. Verses 14 and 15 says this. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other sides of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father serves that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whom, whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, uh, reaffirming the relationship. <clears throat> reaffirming the relationship. Two weeks ago, the opening portions of the book of Joshua provided the content 
for the sermon and for the shout. In Joshua chapter 3, we were encouraged as we witnessed the Lord continuing his covenant with his people and inspiring them to have the courage to stay the course toward the destiny, plan, and purpose that he had for them as his people. And understand as well, the children of Israel were in the midst of a leadership transition. Moses had led them to the brink of the promised land. And now Joshua, the heir apparent and successor of Moses, who would bear the load of leadership, was now in place to lead the children of Israel into the promised land that had been promised their four parents generations before. And as we heard during the meaningful, meaningful moments of that sermon uh, two weeks ago, that we should have the courage to stay the course. And we were encouraged because the Lord had a word for Joshua. A word for Joshua as he accepted the challenge and burden of leading the Lord's people. And the Lord's word to Joshua was, uh, first you are a work in progress. He said to Joshua, you will be exalted. You will be made great in the eyes of Israel. The Lord was reminding Joshua he wasn't great yet, but he was in process. Additionally, it was highlighted for Joshua and those who listened on the day that without the Lord, Everything that would come to pass in the life of Joshua was impossible without the Lord in his life. The Lord told Joshua, I will make you great. He was reminding Joshua he could not do this on his own. He could not lead the people into the land with his own intellect, his own insight, and his own understanding. And lastly, the Lord reiterated the warranty of his presence and his promise. This warranty, a pledge, assurance was made to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and in Joshua chapter 3, where it says this in Joshua chapter 3 verse 7, and the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as was said on two Sundays ago, the Lord was saying to Joshua, and he's saying to those of us who are listening on today, I got you. When no one else does, when no one else can be found, when the people you depend on abandon you, the Lord says, I got you. Somebody has the t-shirt, the hat, and the hashtag that shouts with blessed assurance that he's proven over and over again, he got me. And I need to take a moment and pause for a personal and particular and peace-provoking testimony that's bad English but it's good for the soul that declares even when I ain't got me, the Lord got me. 
and I feel like losing it and, and clicking off in the corner, he got me. When I feel like throwing up the white flag of surrender and throwing in the towel and giving in and giving up, I can testify that when I ain't got myself, the Lord still got me. Somebody, don't do it right now, but you can testify and shout that the Lord has proven that over the last few days and weeks that he got you. Now on the day, we find ourselves at the conclusion of the life of Joshua in this last chapter of the book of Joshua. He gathers the tribes of Israel to a monumental marker as it relates to their history. He calls the tribes to a place called Shechem. It was a monumental marker because it was at Shechem that the Lord appeared to Abraham to affirm the promise that he would give the land to his descendants. It was at Shechem that the Lord built an that Abraham built an altar and worshiped the Lord there. It was at Shechem, that Jacob, Abraham's grandson, put away the idol gods that his family had hidden from him, and he built an altar to worship him there. It was at Shechem, just north of Shechem in Joshua chapter 8, that Joshua gathers the children of Israel to renew the covenant. And right now in Joshua chapter 24, the Lord, or Joshua, gathers the children of Israel at this monumental marker at Shechem. And he, the Lord directs him to speak to his people so that they can reaffirm their relationship with the Lord as Joshua comes to the conclusion of his responsibility of leading the children of Israel. And as he seeks to reaffirm their relationship with the Lord, the thing that Joshua declares to his people that they must do to reaffirm their relationship is to remember. He says, you need to remember. Oh, what a timely concept and commendation as we approach this season of Thanksgiving uh, because for believers in Jesus Christ remembering should be an automatic precursor and precedent, precedent for the giving of thanks you see every time you remember it ought to position you to give the Lord some thanks and I want to suggest as your pastor on this Sunday morning that I want to give you assignment an assignment for this coming Thursday. Uh, before you prepare and complete the delicacies of the day for your dinner, before you settle yourselves and sit down before the Cowboys win their football game, And before rehearsing the colorful customs of your branch of your family tree, before all of this, on this coming Thursday morning, your assignment is to start your day's actions and activity by spending a moment remembering. 
your, your assignment on this coming Thursday, Thanksgiving, is to wake up and remember what the Lord has done for you since last Thanksgiving. You ought to be able to spend some time doing that. And then remember what the Lord has done for you before last Thanksgiving. And that time of remembering should lead you into a time and a spirit of thanksgiving because when you think about what the Lord has already done and you think about how good he's already been and how faithful he has shown himself, you should not be able to contain yourself from giving some thanksgiving to the Lord for all that he's already done. And this was a part of the word that Joshua had for the children of Israel, that the Lord had for the children of Israel through Joshua here in Joshua 24. He wants them to remember. He's commanding the children of Israel as he seeks to lead them in reaffirming their relationship with the Lord at the close of his earthly ministry. He wants them to remember. He wants them to remember, first of all, the Lord says, remember, I delivered you from persecution. I delivered you from persecution. Now, you have to take into account that Joshua was, Joshua was privileged to have the honor of living through the entire Exodus experience. Remember, a generation had died as they wandered in the wilderness from Egypt to the promised land. But Joshua had been there for it all. So he quickly recounts the Lord's deliverance from persecution and bondage while they were enslaved in Egypt. Listen to what it says in verses 6 and 7. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes saw, the Lord says, what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. The Lord is saying to Joshua, uh, you're now in the promised land. Joshua is saying, I'm not telling you something I heard about. I'm telling you something that I saw for myself. This is no fairy tale. This is no myth. This is no legend. Joshua, the Lord uses Joshua to say uh, that you need to remember I delivered you from persecution when the odds were against you. Oh, that ought to ring a bell in somebody's spirit on today. The Lord delivered you when the odds were against you. Delivered you from the hand of persecution just as he did the children of Israel. He says, I, I need you to remember I delivered you from persecution. But then he says, I, I need you to remember that I displayed my power. 
Remember, I displayed my power. Once again, the Lord uses Joshua as a mouthpiece to instruct the children of Israel to remember that he displayed his power on their behalf. It begins around verse 8. It says, And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan, and they fought with you, but I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. It says in verse 11, Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergeshites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, all of those ites, y'all. He says, but I delivered them into your hand. He goes on to say, I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you. Also, the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I need you to pay attention. The Lord says to the children of Israel, remember, you were not warriors. You were not militants. You were not soldiers. You were pilgrims. You were nomads. You were sojourners in the wilderness and you entered the land of promise and as you entered you faced entrenched established and embedded tribes and kingdoms and in the face of these fighting forces I powerfully overwhelmed them I love the imagery that's used here in Joshua chapter 24 Minister Whitaker the Lord says, I sent the hornet before you. Now, there are various thoughts about this statement that's made here about the Lord sending the hornet before them, but the most accepted is that the hornet is the dread and terror of the Lord that preceded the children of Israel as they entered into the land of promise. The people in the land were afraid and fearful even before the children of Israel showed up. Oh, it's exemplified in Joshua chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, as Rahab the harlot pleads for her life and the life of her family in the buildup of the Lord, delivering Jericho into the hands of the children of Israel. Listen to what, he, what she says in Joshua chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, for we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan whom you utterly destroyed and as soon as we heard these things our hearts melted neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you for the Lord your God he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath the Lord says because of my power because of my might I cause fear in the hearts of your enemies before you even showed up. I sent the hornet before me. 
I, I sent the dread and terror of my power before you even showed up. Somebody knows what I'm talking about today. Because there's some folk on your job. Some folk on in your family. And some folk in the church who will not bring nonsense and mess in your presence because they know that the Lord has already gone before you. Before you attend that meeting or before you sign up for a Zoom meeting, they've zipped their mouths and put down their weapons because the Lord has gone before you and showed them that you are his child and he will not tolerate their mess if you won't. You need to listen to that again. He said, I displayed my power. I sent the hornet before you, before you even got there, they were afraid of what was going to happen because they knew I was on your side. But then the Lord says, I gave you victory over your enemies through my power, but not with your sword and not with your bow. Oh, I tell you, the Lord is able to display his power with unconventional and unusual spiritual weapons and warfare that boggles the mind of those who are fighting with fleshly and carnal weapons. As the Lord is speaking through Joshua in Joshua chapter 24, it would have reminded them of what happened in Joshua chapter 6. He says, I displayed my power not with your sword and not with the bow. It would have clearly reminded them of what happened in Joshua chapter 6. If you don't remember, I'll tell you what happened in Joshua chapter 6. They had crossed over the Jordan. They were now facing the well-fortified city of Jericho. The Bible even says the king pulled down the gates of the city because he knew that the children of Israel were on their way. Now they picked up their swords and they picked up their weapons, but the Lord said, I can show my power without your sword and without your bow. He says, I, I'm not fighting a fleshly warfare. I'm fighting with spiritual warfare. He says that Joshua tell the people that for six days, the priests are going to march around the city, blow their horns, and don't shout until I say shout. Y'all miss what I'm trying to tell you. He says, but on the seventh day, we're going to march around the city seven times. And when the priests blow their horns, and I tell you to shout, then it's time to shout. Well, the Bible tells us when it got to the time to shout, 
Uh, it was so strong and so mighty and the power of the Lord went before them in such a mighty manner that the walls of Jericho fell down. They didn't have to lift up a sword. They didn't have to lift up their hands. All they had to do was lift up a shout. And somebody here in the sanctuary of the Salem Church, I'm telling you on today that the Lord can display his power and you don't ever have to lift your hands. There's some power in your shout. There's some power in your praise. There's some power in your hallelujah. Listen, the Lord can show his power. You don't even have to raise your hand. Uh, I know somebody's playing, pushing rewind in your mind right now. Some situations you don't even know how you got of it, but I, out, of, out of it. But I want to tell you, it was the invisible hand of an almighty God who provided you victory even when you didn't think you could do it on your own. Is there anybody who can testify that the Lord will display his power? Some of y'all are wondering why people are whispering at the water cooler. It's because they've observed the Lord do great things. And you didn't have to raise your hand and you didn't have to raise your voice. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He says, remember, I delivered you from persecution." Remember, I displayed my power. You didn't have to raise a sword. You didn't have to raise a bow. But then he says, remember I demonstrated my provision. Now this is not going to shout y'all, but it shouted me. And we have to take into account, as the Lord is asserting his authority to command the children of Israel to reaffirm their relationship with him. He's causing them to remember how good he has been. He's causing them to remember how good he's been to motivate them to stay in relationship with him. Uh, and he's causing them to remember some of the difficult circumstances and situations in which they found themselves from the exodus to the promised land. As I said earlier, remember, they were sojourners. They were nomads. They were pilgrims. And the Lord had provided for them as they wandered in the wilderness for 40 long years. If you look at the account, the Bible says their shoes didn't wear out and their clothes didn't wear out either because the Lord provided as they sojourned. But not only that, every morning when they got up and went out of their tent, they would find manna, a substance that would suffice for their daily in caloric in intake so that they could have the energy to move from one place to another. It was never enough except on the Sabbath for more than one day, but every day they woke up 
the Lord provided manna. But now they've transitioned from sojourners, from no man, and now they are settled in the promised land. They are stable and stationary. But the Lord says, I don't want you to forget, yes, I provided for you on the Exodus, but I provided for you as well when you entered the land of promise. Uh, the Lord says, I prepared the logistical, agricultural, and structural infrastructure to provide everything that you needed. And the Lord said, I did it ahead of time. Uh, actually, the Lord says, I used the former inhabitants of the land that you inherited to do the work before you even showed up. That's how the Lord provides. I'm done, y'all, because I'm shouting on the inside. Listen to what it says in verses 13 and 14. Verse 13, it says, I have given you a land for which you did not labor. Cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. The Lord says to the children of Israel and to those of us who are listening on today, remember my provision. Remember that I went ahead of you and I prepared for you and I provided for you even when you couldn't do it for yourself. Hmm. I'm shouting myself. Preach to yourself, Pastor Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Ah, uh, yes. The Lord said to the children of Israel, while you were wandering, I was working. While you were in chaos in the wilderness, I was constructing cities uh, that you didn't even have to build. While you were eating manna from day to day, I used people who were already in cities uh, to dig where you would eat from the plants that they planted. He said, I went ahead of you and provided for you uh, even when you didn't know anything about it. That ought to be somebody's testimony. Ah, that job that you have that you were not qualified, the Lord went ahead of you. That house that you're living in, that your credit wasn't good enough for, that the Lord went ahead of you. That person in your life that is low down as you are, you don't deserve, the Lord went ahead of you. 
and tenderize their heart because he knew what he had for you. And somebody, I want to encourage you on today that the Lord is providing to prepare for you. He is going ahead of you. You don't exactly see what he's doing and how he's going to do it and when he's going to do it. I'm simply trying to tell you, have faith and trust in God even when you're wondering in your wilderness because the Lord has gone ahead of you. That's why I love the songwriter who penned these words, Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not as thou hast been forever will be great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see all I've needed your hand has provided great is your faithfulness Lord unto me the Lord says through Joshua remember I need you to remember I delivered you from persecution. I demonstrated, displayed my power on your behalf. I demonstrated my provision. I provided for you and you didn't even have to lift your hands. I put in place what you needed before you even knew you needed it. He says all of this so that they would reaffirm their relationship with him because Joshua had already made his own choice he said to the people you have a choice to reaffirm this relationship if you want to but I've already made my choice I read it earlier but I need to read it again in verse 14 and 15 it says now therefore fear the Lord Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of all of the enemies of the people. He says, but as for me, and yes Lord we will serve the Lord oh and thank God the children of Israel in verses 16 through 18 reaffirmed their relationship they said to Joshua yes just as you have reaffirmed your relationship with the Lord would we look back over our lives and remember what the Lord has done. We cannot help but serve the Lord. I'm done, y'all. But as you leave the Salem Church on today, I, I need you to spend some time remembering what the Lord has done. Because the truth is, no one really knows how far the Lord has brought you but you. No one knows what he's brought you through but you. No one knows what he's delivered you from but you. 
No one knows what he has provided for you but you. And even in this moment, you ought to reaffirm your relationship with the Lord and declare, I wouldn't serve, I wouldn't serve anyone but the God who has been there for me both day and by night. You ought to declare that as for me and my house, we will. We will. We will serve the Lord. The doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended. Even now, you have an opportunity to reaffirm your relationship with the Lord, remembering what he's done. And if you have not affirmed your relationship with him, if you've not accepted Jesus as Lord and as Savior, this is your opportunity. This is your moment. This is your time to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you spend a moment remembering and reflecting on what he's done for us in Jesus Christ, it ought to cause you to respond in thanksgiving and by giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that he died for our sins in our stead on a cruel and criminal cross outside the walls of Jerusalem. But on the third day, he was raised from the dead with all power in his hand. That's why Romans 10 declares, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we extend that invitation to you on today. If you've not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, take a step of faith. Come down the aisle. Give your life to the Lord. Or if you have accepted him, but for whatever reason, you're out of fellowship with the local church, this is your opportunity to become a part of the family of faith here at the Salem Baptist Church. As our children lead us in an invitational selection, this is your moment. This is your time. Wherever you are in life, whatever you've been through, this is your moment.
even as you remain standing, we see the invitation has been extended, but none have come. Come on, one more time, put your hands together. Praise God for our children on today. Amen, amen. Let's bow our heads and receive our benediction. Even now, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. In this season and spirit of thanksgiving, we remember how good you've been to us, even in spite of us. Your goodness broke through, God, in that you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins, and you raised him from the dead with all power in his hand. We thank you for the privilege to worship you today and to thank you for all that you've done. Lord, we're about to leave from this place, but we pray and believe we shall never leave from your presence. We ask that you put your loving arms of protection around us. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. We yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.